So we're midway through this great book. It's called Lessons in Truth. And for those of you that are following along, did you notice the big plot twist? Now, I know this is a spiritual truth book, and we don't often think of plots and such, but, but I was kind of stunned this week. Uh, I mean, I'd read the book before, but as I was really sitting down to you know, plot out what I was going to cover from Sunday to Sunday, this Sunday really stuck out with me. So, so far, we've learned a whole lot of our co-creative power. We've learned that through our own ability to change our thinking, our own ability to focus more on what we want to receive, what we want to see in the world, that we can literally transform our lives. And now that, that was totally expected. It was wonderful. And Emily Cady, the, the author of this, presents it in a most lovely way. But I was not prepared for today. Let me read to you how she starts out this chapter on the place of the Most High. It's almost more like a cautionary story. Listen to this. With a restlessness that is pitiful to see, people are ever shifting from one thing to another always hoping to find rest and satisfaction in some anticipated accomplishments or possessions. Men fancy that they want houses and lands, great learning or power. They pursue these things and gain them only to find themselves still restless, still unsatisfied. At the great heart of humanity, there is a deep and awful homesickness that is never been and will never be satisfied with anything less than a clear, vivid consciousness of the indwelling presence of God. It's as though she has said everything in the first half of the book is like parlor tricks. Do you know what I mean? It's as if she said, well, yes, you can get what you want. You can have the great car. You can have the perfect job. The relationship is yours. The money is yours. The fame is yours. And then we open up this chapter, and she says, for all the good it'll do you, (laughs) right? (laughs) Major plot twist. Major plot twist, I think. And so she warns us that You know, of course, we all want to have our lives better. Don't get me wrong. And in fact, she's clear to point out we should pray for the things we want, whether it be a new car, a new house, a new partner, whatever it is, we absolutely can and should pray for those things. And she reminds us that they are just things and that ultimately... Is it the things in life that are truly satisfying? Is it the things in life that brings us happiness? Is it the things in life that are permanent? And she answers these questions, no. She suggests that all of the stuff, all of that exterior world, is as changeable as the shirts I wear on Sunday. Often I'm spot on and they look great, and you know what? It's a different one next week. You know, if we're going to get our happiness out of what surrounds us, we could be in big trouble, right? There'll come the day when they're all at the cleaners. <laughs> There'll come the day when, when the job no longer satisfied, when, when the relationship seems hollow. There will come the day that it doesn't matter what the bank account has in it. There is still that part in us that feels unsatisfied, that part of us that still feels like we're questing for more meaning. 
And so she embarks on the second half of this book with a big change because she says the solution is unity. The solution is that interior oneness. The solution is that close relationship with God. And so, so now the rest of the book is poised, not at us figuring out how we can get what we want, right? And, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. We should have everything that is pleasant and good and comfortable and high and holy in our lives. And she says that ultimately is not satisfying. And so the rest of this book, we're going to be working on tools, transformative powers for getting us really what we want. And I would say, I've kind of broken this down into three steps. And the, the third of these in particular, I think we're going to be stretching a bit today. So I want you all to have kind of an openness in your heart to hear something that may not be the ordinary message on Sunday. Okay, three levels. The first level is the one really that we've covered quite well over the last few weeks in terms of using spiritual principles to have a life that is more to our liking. And Emily Cady says, there is nothing wrong with praying for the stuff. You want a new car, you want a new relationship, you want a great job, you want harmony and peace in a relationship, do you want wholeness in your body temple? These things are absolutely to be prayed for, and she will tell you right off the bat, this is not enough, let's look higher than that. And the next level, this next highest level, she said, we need look no no further than what those things will bring us. Now think about it. Often we might be praying for a new job, but what is it that the new job brings? Is it safety? Is it security? Is it abundance? Is it, uh, I mean, you'll have to answer these questions for you. She would ask, uh, okay, so, so you've got the new relationship, but what does this beautiful new relationship bring you? Is it love? Is it commitment? Is it solidarity? Again, questions that only you can answer. And so if we look up one level higher, I think we can get something that is more permanent than what's swirling around on the outside. So bear with me for a minute here. If our initial urge is maybe for a great new job and we look up above that slightly to recognize that what I would feel if I had this new job is safety and security then why not pray for that? Why not focus our intentions and our attention then on the safety and security? And the reason for this, she says, is jobs come and go. But if in your heart, if in your mind, if there is a certainty in you that safety and security is yours, suddenly the trappings of the job itself are pretty secondary, aren't they? If you are feeling safe, if you're feeling secure, if you're feeling supportive, if everything that a great job can bring you, you already have, if the job disappears, you can still have those things as you're getting ready for the next job. Same is true with relationships. The same is true with abundance. I mean, what would a great relationship bring you? Is it love? Is it commitment? Is, that, is it that solidarity and sharing a life? These are feelings that we can claim absolutely as much as 
The relationship itself. We can claim with certainty that our lives are full of love, that all of our encounters with other people feel as though God were right with us. We can accept in our own heart the goodness of a relationship, whether a particular relationship is for us to enjoy right in this moment or not. And so Emily Cady would have us lift our eyes, lift our prayers, lift our attentions a level higher than just what's going, out, going on out in the world. Because ultimately, all of that stuff one day may well be at the dry cleaner, and we don't have anything to back us up, right? But what's right here inside our own assuredness that we are lovable, our own assuredness that abundance is ours and that God is here for us. It is these unchangeable things that she would have us look to. But in the chapter we're reading today, she says this too is not the end. She says once again, we need to look even a little higher up, even a little higher than these feelings that would help fulfill that ache and that, that wonder in our hearts. And she says we need to actually pray for the thing itself, not, not the, the, the show on the outside and not even the internal feeling of if we had it. She says we need to pray to become it. And so, you know, we wouldn't pray for necessarily for the relationship. We wouldn't even pray for the feelings of love that the relationship would bring. She would suggest we should pray to become love, that we should pray to become joy, that we should pray to become abundance. And the reason for this is embedded in her spiritual practice for this week. And that is simply that it is important us, for us to share our own values that if we stop at the limitation of receiving, right? Now, if you think about the first two levels of prayer, the first two levels I've talked about where we're putting our attention are about getting something, about receiving something, whether it be the great relationship, the, the paycheck, the new job, or even if we look up one more level, then it's about receiving the love. It's about receiving the feeling of, uh, of, of being solid. Uh, you know, it's, it's about the feeling of knowing that you're always supported. These are our receiving kinds of issues. The next level up is when you do your very best to become that thing that you desire and to become it in such a way that you share it with the world. Now this, I think, I think this is the trickier lesson. You know, we're, we're learning lessons in truth and this one is not as obvious because what we're asking you to do today is to actually begin giving away something that you don't even feel solidly yet maybe that you have, right? Because even as you are questing for love, even as you are wishing a greater experience of abundance, even as those thoughts of, of joy and peace and happiness are not quite fulfilled in yourselves, I'm asking you, in fact, I'm highly advising you that the next step on your path is to begin giving it away. The next step on your spiritual path is once again to look a little higher and recognize that as you become love, as you become abundance, as you become harmony, as you become whole, the next step is to begin giving it away. 
This is how we celebrate it. This is how we deepen in it. This is how our, we go from just a personal need into a gracious gift for the universe. And this is the next step that Emily Cady has for us in our actual awakening, our spiritual awakening. Here is what she says about it. A pool cannot be kept clean and sweet and renewed unless there is an outlet as well as an inlet. It is our business to keep the outlet open and God's business to keep the stream flowing in and through us. Unless you use for the service of others what God has already given to you, you will find it a long, a weary road to spiritual understanding. We grow for using for others the light and the knowledge that we have received. We expand as we go on step by step in spiritual insight until in the fullness of time, which means that when we have grown spiritually to the place where God sees that we are able to bear many things, then we receive the desire of our hearts. Then we receive understanding. So it's more for us to do than just to experience the good. It's more for us to do than simply to rest in our own wisdom, in our own knowledge, in our own you know, experience of what life brings, whether it be the sweetness of love, whether it be the solidity of knowing that the universe is here to support us. These are great. These are wonderful. These are worthy of prayer, absolutely. And the next step, maybe the trickier step, is to begin giving it away even as you are receiving it. And so, as you know, I want to hand out a little homework from time to time. And this week, I would like you to begin contemplating already how you can give the gifts of life away to others, to share them with the people and the situations and the the places that you show up in life that are closest to you. Now, I want you to be a little bit creative. I'm not talking about just giving away stuff, although that could be part of it, I suppose. There is something about giving a gracious gift with the idea of no strings attached away, whether it be, you know, really a gift like money or something that someone needs. These are great places to start as well. But again, one of the first lessons, I think it's the very first week in the foundations class, we learn the difference between cause and effect. And I got to tell you, everything that you can see and touch and taste and hear and experience on this physical level is what? It's an effect. And if we try to, you know, really get to a spiritual awakening, even when we're sharing it with others, by pushing effects around, things get messy. So I want you to look again up a bit up a bit, out of the effect, and into the cause. Even as we were talking about, all right, so let's see, if I, if I made a million dollars, what would I feel from it, right? So instead of maybe praying for a one with all those zeros, I would pray in knowing that I I'm, um, always have all of my needs met, that I, I'm feeling safe and secure, that the richness of life just feels like me. So I want you this week, as you're thinking about ways to share your gift, to do that one up, to look beyond, you know, giving someone a handout 
and really understand, and it might take some back and forth, like what is it that they would like to feel? Because what I know is we don't always have a million dollars we can share with other people. We may not always be able to meet the needs of a new car for a friend or, or you know, paying for someone's college. Those may not be accessible to us. And what I absolutely know are that the feelings that people want to experience, they will experience from and with other people like you and I. We have that ability to give the leg up from a spiritual, from a loving standpoint. If someone is in that place of lack, often it is only a recognition of your own heart that is needed to absolutely lift lift them up from a place of lack and limitation. If someone in our, in our sphere of influence is feeling unloved, if someone that is close to us is feeling unsure or afraid, the best gift that we can give, that part of ourselves that we can give away, is so very easy to give. It is simply our authentic self. It is simply that part of us that is loving. It is simply that part of us that is joyous, that, that is confident. And these are the greatest gifts of all. And so as you're planning on your homework this week, mix it up. Be creative. Think about what part of your essence that you can share with others. It may just be a phone call where the love is palpable, even over the telephone line, right? It may be a meal that is sweetly provided while you lend a shoulder to cry on. It may be a a greeting card sent to someone that you haven't talked to in many, many years. And whatever it is, I know that your own creativity, your own sensitivity, your own intuition is going to find exactly the right thing this week to satisfy this arduous homework assignment. I simply want you to show up the way you want the world to show up to you. Show up with love. Be the force of peace. Find in your own heart that solidity and constantly constancy that you crave in others. Be that gift, even the gift that you wish to receive. Sharon mentioned filling out the, um, um, the value survey. And if you're not sure what people value, including yourself, you know, it's a great tool. We're asking folks to fill it out so that we know in general what the people here value so that we can put together programs and classes and workshops and Sunday sermons that will most fit your needs. And I suggest to you, what are your needs? It's a great tool. Once you recognize what's important to you, what you value, this is the gift that you can even even, when, even though you haven't quite completely felt it yourself, this is the gift that you can begin giving away. You can bring into, into fruition that law of reciprocity that says what I give out is what I'm going to receive back in. So give away some of this love that is your birthright. Give away some of the, the substance of your very heart, your authentic self, whether it be peace or joy, whether it be happiness that just sweetness and perfection that is you, begin giving it away this week. So I'd like to close with a prayer. There is one heart, 
There is one mind. There is one thing, and I call it God. But regardless of what you call it, I know that it is everywhere present. It is in every person, every place, everything, every situation. It is indeed all God, and it is indeed all good. And as God is present everywhere, I know it's right in me. I know that God's love is my love and that I express it freely. I know that God's peace is my peace and I express it freely. I know that as God is all good, so I share my good effortlessly, easily, sweetly with the people around me without any expectations whatsoever. This sweetness, this peace, this joy, this comfort, this solidity, I give freely. And as it is true for me, I know it is true for each person in this room, that each person in this room opens up their heart and their mind, their actions, and their ability to give away some of their essential nature, to give away some of those values that are found so key, so, so beautiful, so important to the people in this room, so that each person here begins that law of circulation and reciprocity, giving away even that which they hold most close to them, ensuring that the supply of love, the supply of joy, the supply of peace and wholeness is infinitely circulated. And I'm simply grateful for this. Grateful at this latest plot twist in Emily Cady's great book, Grateful in knowing that we always can look to a level higher beyond what's happening on the outside, beyond the effect, allowing each person in this room to witness the unchanging, beautiful nature of God itself. And I am simply grateful for this, grateful to be in complete awareness and as a living witness to God as it takes the form of each person in this room. I simply let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you very much. Thank you.